TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of Chair Shop Media Group. I am Mags, and uh, Paul has broke his uh, his streak of eight episodes without without ditching. So, yeah, unfortunately, he's ditched today and left me with with a, an amazing guest to deal with on my own, which is absolutely brilliant for me because uh, she's one of my favourite people on Wrestling Twitch. She's part of our mini click called hashtag the seven uh yeah she's an absolute gem uh today i'm speaking with melissa melissa how are you i'm good i'm tired but i'm good i'm also not a gem i'm basically like a small pointy rock in the bottom of her shoe that just annoys you and reminds you that she's still here absolutely not true so, Melissa, because you've been on the show before, we can't get your Mount Rushmore of uh, the greatest wrestlers of all time because you've already, you've already picked them. Uh, so, because we're doing an NXT kind of centric episode, uh, I thought it'd be a good idea if we, we both had four picks of uh, who are the, the, the Mount Rushmore of the current NXT uh, women's roster. Um, it's arguably the best women's roster in, in WWE right now. So, but we'd. Uh, We'd come up with a, a couple of Mount Rushmore's between us. So, who have you got on your Mount Rushmore, the, the, the best NXT women's uh, current wrestlers? Oh, no. Hold on, Max. My sir. You're, <laughs> you're coming in now. What was the question? Sorry. It, you went to <laughs> second. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, because we're doing an NXT kind of centric episode, um, I thought we'd open with uh, a Mount Rushmore of the current NXT women's roster. So who are the, the four best women's roster currently on, on NXT? Oh, goodness. It's, you know, it's it's wild because I literally sat here and I looked... Um, so I looked up the entire women's roster just so I could like, visually have eyes on people. And it was a male roster list and a female roster list. And can I just say, before we start... The female roster is literally a quarter of the size of the male NXT roster. Yeah, it's madness. And there are still names on the NXT roster as of 5 September that I'm very disappointed in. But <laughs> that being said. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be controversial, I can tell. I'm not. Listen, I will not go into my opinions on Austin Theory and Velveteen Dream. Unless you ask, instead, I will just give you the. You said four. You said four women, right? Yeah, that's generally a Mount Rushmore. Oh no, I have to remove somebody. Oh no, I mean, I you can died. have five. You can have five. You can have an honourable mention one. Okay. So you want them all at once, or just one at a time? Yeah, just go through them and a little bit of reason why each one. Um. Okay. So I have like the first. The first wrestler I thought of, honestly, was Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. She's a man. Um, and that's just like, and I'll have to say, like, when Baszler was still in NXT, I didn't really, like, notice Ripley at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was like, oh, she's, like, there's the attractive alternative blonde 
wrestler, but like I didn't like watch her at all because it was always Shayna Baszler. Um, but since Baszler left, Rhea has really been been like allowed to like stretch her legs and show her skill, and I've been really impressed with everything I've seen of hers. Um, and then I have Candice LeRae as well because like while I'm not super like her gimmick doesn't impress me and it's not really memorable. Candice has mentioned just because like she's consistent. Mm-hmm. I know that if Candice LeRae is going to be on my TV, I'm I know what kind of match I'm going to get. I know that there's not going to really be any insane botches. There's not going to be any danger to another wrestler. I just know she's going to put on a really good technical match, and I have and I'm not going to be upset about whatever she's put on. Um, so yeah, I feel like Candice LeRae definitely belonged on that list. And then uh, Io Shirai, obviously. You can't not have Io on this list. Very, very true. And she's she's an all-around good wrestler. Her energy is super amazing. And then her wrestling skills, again, I have no complaints about them. I I think I've maybe seen one of her botch maybe like once. So she's super, super consistent. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think there's a case to say that she's arguably the best female wrestler in the world today. Yeah, I could I could I could definitely see her being well, I don't think she's like the best. I definitely have her up there in high esteem across mm-hmm. like all of the women wrestlers that I am familiar with. Um, I would definitely love to see her like um oh god, now I can't remember her name. There's a wrestler in AEW that I really want to see her wrestle. Hikaru Shida. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to see that. I want to see a match between them. Yeah, definitely. Sometime. I just, I just want to see them just be able to have a match, do what they want without like brands or anyone telling them what they can or can't do. I just want to see them put a match together between the two of them and just show us what they want to do to each other. And it, I think it'd be like probably one of the best matches in yeah, women's wrestling. Literally just balls to the wall. Yeah. Just, 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 Throw them in a ring and say, have fun. Bye. And who is your last pick? And then, obviously, you've got an honorable mention of your, your, your tying over. So who are your last two, then? <sighs> I really am impressed with Mia Yim. Mm. Interesting. Um, so I saw a lot of Mia Yim on the indie side of the house. Um. And watching her go from indie into NXT, like I, like I'm impressed with watching her growth, and I'm excited for what she can do. Not necessarily in NXT, but I, I, what she can do in the future, wherever her future may take her. So I don't see Mia Yim making a lifetime career out of out of WWE. Okay. Um, I see her getting what she needs out of WWE and leaving and going back independent. But I'm really excited for the kind of growth she'll get while she's here. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good, it's a good growing place for her. Yeah, absolutely. And who was the, the one who, who just didn't make the cut? Shotzi. Ah, uh, she's just so adorable. I love Shotzi. So again, she's another one that I had a lot of experience with on the independent scene, mm-hmm. and I just, I just want to hug her. <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she did uh, a couple of videos about a, a helmet going missing uh, because it got stolen from the back of a car, 
Uh, and yeah, I just when when they recovered the car and the helmet was still there and, and she was welling up, uh, you could tell it means so damn much to her. Yeah, it's such a just an innocent wrestling soul. And I think that's the thing that like that like makes me really support Shotzi is that like she loves this. Mm-hmm. This isn't yeah. a job. This isn't it's like a passion. It's a passion. Exactly. Like Candice, like this is a job that she does very, very well. This is her husband's passion and her job. But Shotzi, this is her passion. This is only thing she thinks, lives, and breathes about. This is if you cut her open, little championship title belts are gonna fall out of her vein. <laughs> like she lives for this. And I think that that passion is going to either get her into a long, amazing career, or she's gonna go too hard, too fast, and end it early. And I really hope it's not the latter, but I'm also realistic that people that love wrestling will do dumb things in the beginning of their career. Yeah. And and in some cases in the, the later stages of the career as well. <laughs> Hardy boys. What? <laughs> Matt Sardell. Who's, oh, yeah. Poor guy. Uh, Poor guy. Or Ciampa. Uh, or Ciampa. Yeah. Especially with, a, with oh, a, a neck as broken as he is. Yeah, Champa is basically held together by gum and duct tape, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. Let's go." <laughs> it's a a great list and a lot of similarity to to mine. So I'll just quickly run from. And I had Rhea Ripley like like you did. I think um, if remembering her from the the May Young Classic, where she was the kind of ultimate blonde baby face, to the the character change that she got when she went to NXT UK brought that back to NXT um, I think she's brilliant, I really really do I think, and the fact that she's only 23 years old and she's got so much more learning to do, it's, it's she's made a brilliant start on her career and she seems to me like the kind of wrestler that will be a WWE laugher like she'll be there, she wrestles that WWE style I can see that I could definitely see Rhea being like I don't want to say like the next Lita because Rhea is Rhea. Lita is Lita. Mm-hmm. But I could see her being a Lita in WWE. Yeah. Um, so then next I've got another one who uh, you had Mia Yim. Uh, and I didn't see a lot of her, uh, her independent work. I know she's had a very extensive independent career, but I saw her in, in TNA's Jade. Um, felt that she was very underutilized there. And I think her style really fits in with the kind of ethos of, of NXT. Uh, the attitude, the kind of uh, uh, head in charge uh, look that she's got. Uh, whether, that'll, whether that'll translate over to main roster, I don't know. Uh, it's rumored that she's going to be part of uh, Retribution anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you said about maybe she will use WWE as a as a kind of a, a way to get what she needs out of it, get a name behind herself and then go back on the indies where she she may be a, a more fulfilled as a wrestler. Oh, I hope she doesn't. Like, I feel like Mia Yim on the main roster is just, it's begging to get her buried and it makes me really sad to think about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the, she's really, really close to uh, Keith Lee. Uh, so maybe it's because Keith's left NXT that, that she's left NXT. Um, 
but but we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for her. Uh, I also went with Io Shirai. Like I said, I think she's a, there's an argument to say that she's probably the best female wrestler in the world today. Uh, and like you said, she's she's Mrs. Consistency. She always puts on amazing matches. Her character work is superb. Um, yeah, she's she's amazing to watch. So I had uh, Io Shirai on man. And then my last one, uh, my surprise one, is Dakota Kai. Uh, for someone who's been in, you know, NXT. I thought I I had Kai on my list and I had Knox on my list and I crossed them off. Oh, controversial straight away. Uh, yeah, for for me, uh, I, the reason why she stands out now is because she was so long that the the ultimate baby face, like team kick, uh, timid when it comes to 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 facing the the heels uh, if you remember she had that storyline with Shayna Baszler where she was absolutely yes. uh, terrified of her uh but then the the heel turn kind of the slow burn of the heel turn especially building up to the war games match where you could sense that she was getting getting angry because she was being overlooked and I think this heel turn has done her the world of good. It's really added an extra dimension to her character. Teaming up with Raquel Gonzalez is absolutely chef's kiss. Uh, she she uses that kind of a that size of of, of Raquel perfectly. Um, yeah, so I've gone with Dakota Kai for my last pick. You know, it's funny is that like I know it's like supposed to be quote unquote a heel turn for oh goodness, are you not happy with what I'm about to say? <laughs> so I know like it's supposed to be like a quote unquote heel turn for her, but like I didn't like I don't I don't see it as a heel turn. Like I see it, it like I know like she's you know it's it's a heel thing, but like she she just seems strong. Like she doesn't seem like like bad, evil, like she just seems strong. And I'm like, I am I love this, I live for this, I'm good with it. Yeah, I I understand what you mean. And I think a lot of the times it the the best heel turns are when the the heels think they're doing 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 good. They think that she doing the she, Lord's work. Yeah, I don't. I, I won't go as far as that in terms of wrestling, but uh, <laughs> but uh, in case in the case of uh, uh, Dakota, she feels like she's been overlooked, and she this is her kind of grabbing that brass ring. Uh, if it means trampling over people, so be it. Uh, that kind of like mentality where she's sick of being trodden over i think it also mirrored like i think that the reason why like people really like her like what her story is right now it's like it's like just mirroring how a lot of fans feel mm-hmm. like a lot of us feel like the women's division is just overlooked and underappreciated and so it's just like to see a wrestler like with that same storyline we're all just like yes as a matter of fact we agree with you you know what i mean Yep, absolutely, and I think there we've got very similar um, Mount Rushmore's, but with slightly different different reasoning behind them. Uh, but let's go on to this main topic. Um, we, uh, well, I say we. I actually didn't give you much of an option, but uh, we went with the the best <laughs> NXT call ups. Now, historically, with NXT, people get worried when a call-up happens, because that wrestler's going to get buried on main roster, and 99% of the time, it does. But there have been some uh, call-ups who have been able to flourish on main roster, so I thought we'd go over some of the wrestlers. There's a bit of like, positivity in the wrestling world. Uh, I thought we'd go over some of the wrestlers who, who have done really well since they've been called up uh, to the main roster. Um, so let's let's hear your first pick, Melissa. 
Okay, now before I give you this pick, I have to ask, am I allowed to pick him even though he went back to NXT? <laughs> if they've shown up on main roster for at least one episode, then they count. Okay. Uh, Finn Balor, honestly. No. You did. Uh, you did not telegraph that in any way because I didn't really know you were going for Finn Balor. <laughs> it's I, I just you know I, I there's something about Finn Balor like when he's on main roster and then go like when he was on NXT he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Back up to the main roster he was outstanding. Like between just Finn Balor as a person, Finn Balor, but his wrestling as Finn Balor and his wrestling as the Demon. Are and always have been just absolutely amazing, and like there's just, I could just I could literally spend an entire episode about like Finn Balor and his positivity, even within his own gimmick, and his consistency, his surprising athleticism for a body guy because he is really muscular, but he can still fly. Mm-hmm. And then the whole like his whole gimmick with the demon and the you know invincibility of that side of the gimmick. He is and always will be one of my all-time NXT call-ups. I don't care if he went back to NXT. I said what I said. No, it's a great pick. Uh, I didn't go for him for man, but uh, he was definitely on the short list. Um, yeah, he's, he's, I've loved him since seeing him in uh, New Japan. Uh, was kind of apprehensive when he came to WWE. Uh, obviously, he absolutely killed it in, in NXT. And he, uh, when he first came up to the main roster, he was absolutely brilliant, the first Universal Champion. Uh, and I just think the the amount of injuries that he picked up and the fact that Vince sours on wrestlers as much as he changes his, his underpants, um, yeah, I think that's what kind of held... Help him back a little bit, and you can see in the in the the return that he's done to NXT, how much he loves being there. Is is again? It's like he's had a breath of fresh air coming back to NXT. The creative freedom that he has there, yeah, it's a it's a great pick. It really, is a great pick. If I pick heavy machinery, do I have to do it separately, or can I just do it as a tag team? Well, uh, let me get through my first one. I'll know. We'll. We'll we'll go through that. Uh, go for yours next. Uh, I'm 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 tired on who I should actually pick first. Uh, obviously, uh, normally we'd have two uh, two horse and and Paul would pick and I'd be able to veto. But obviously, I'm going to be using all my picks. Um, so I'm going to go with probably my favorite NXT caller, um, Seth Rollins. Um, I, I always forget he was an NXT starter. Yeah, uh, it was it was in there pretty much from the time it was rebranded from FCW into into the beginning of uh, of of NXT. He, he by the time it actually rebranded, he'd been there like a couple of years. Won all the FCW titles there was to to win. Uh, he, he debuted actually on the second episode of of. Uh, NXT. I think he beat someone called Giro or Jaro. I couldn't even remember the match to be fair. Uh, and then he um, he he won the the first ever NXT title, beating Jinder Mahal in the final of the the Gold Rush tournament. Uh, had a hundred and thirty three day reign, beat the likes of Michael McGillicutter, uh rematch against Jinder, and then he lost a, a DQ to Corey Graves before he dropped to Big E. Uh, but 
just before the the, the title Doctor Big E, he, he actually made his debut on the main roster as part of the Shield with uh with his fellow Hounds of Justice, uh, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. That was a uh, 2012 Survivor Series where they helped Punk to uh, retain the the WWE title. Yeah, uh, I think it was in a triple threat against Cena and Ryback. They power bombed Ryback through the table. Uh, when the trio did come to to the uh, WWE full time, they absolutely run roughshod. They won multiple titles uh, before the obviously inevitable breakup when uh, Rollins turned his back on his on his boys uh, to join the authority. Uh, entered the Money in the Bank, which he would win, uh, cashing at Mania Thirty One. Uh, the first person to ever cash in a Mania, and during a title match, he would walk out of Mania as the as the champion. And up to this day, he's pretty much one of the top stars in the company. Uh, he's in the conversation for one of the best wrestlers in the world. His Twitter game is uh, horrific, but his wrestling mm-hmm. is is faultless. Uh, and it's, then just it's wild to me how you have such a photographic memory about just wrestlers biographies (laughs) can i borrow your memory for like my veterinary medical course can i just borrow it for all this medical terminology i have to do please you you could try um just to to finish off um when i was actually kind of researching the pics looking at the the accolades that this guy has got in his in his relatively short time with the company he's he's been nxt champion He's won the Rumble. He's Money in the Bank winner. He's a Triple Crown winner. He's a Grand Slam winner. He's won nine Slammy Awards. He's been a Tag Team Champion six times, US Champion, Intercontinental Champion twice, Universal Champion twice, World Heavyweight Champion twi- uh, twice. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. I think he's he's been absolutely outstanding since he got called up. I mean, yeah, I can... I can... I can definitely like support that. Like it's <laughs> as you sat here in detail, but because remember, I didn't start watching. I stopped watching WWE in like mm-hmm. 2008, and I restarted in 2017. So like a lot of Seth Rollins' uh, like repertoire, I was never privy to because I only ever saw him in the Shield. Yeah. So hearing all of that, like yeah, definitely he he's definitely up there. Uh, so let's go back to you for your second pick. Uh... I, I assume it's going to be Otis. You know, I love Otis. <laughs> oh, he's a he's an international treasure. <laughs> I really, I just there's something like Otis is one of the like just having machinery in general. Like you know, because we both know how much Vince McMahon hates fat wrestlers. Mm-hmm. He hates them. He doesn't like them. He doesn't hire them. If he does hire them, he makes them look like a fool. Yeah, it, it um, definitely and, stereotypes. And I'm not saying that that's not what he did with Otis. Because Otis is still very much the dumb, fat, funny guy who chases it after the hot girl. Mm-hmm. But that's also who he is. And I think that that's a huge difference in making somebody that guy and having that guy be a wrestler. And I think it's just what it is. It's that I just heavy machinery is just that pair of friends. They are acting as they naturally do, and it's good representation. And their wrestling is solid. Like it's not even just their gimmick is good. Like their wrestling is solid. Um, obvious. Like Otis is agile. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a very sprightly man for his size. For a, for a guy of his height and his size, for him to be able to do the worm is is brilliant. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I they're they're probably my favorite tag team that I've seen pulled up from NXT. Um, it's unfortunate that like aside from the New Day, there's really like, and it's terrible for me to sit here and say, but like other than the New Day, like and heavy machinery, I don't really even like pay attention to any of the other tag teams. Yeah, WWE <laughs> tag very, team none, none of them are very memorable. Yeah, well, the Usos, so I suppose. I. When's the last time they wrestled? Well, one of them's challenging Ro- his cousin Roman Reigns for the title soon. Well, one, yeah, but one one of them. I mean, they are they are forever injured. <laughs> they, yeah, it's either they're injured or they have a DUI. One of the two. Very, very true. And I love the pick of uh, of Otis and Heavy Machinery. It's not someone who I actually really consider because they're still so kind of new in, into their main roster run. But, yeah, I, I think Otis is is kind of a throwback to, to when wrestling was a more innocent, simpler time, if you understand what I mean. We have like all these yeah. stories and, and we, we know so much about wrestlers, like uh, how they are in real life and they're not always the nicest people. Uh, Otis comes across as, as the sweetest person in the hall of wrestling. He is. He literally is just like a big old. He's like a big old like English mastiff. Like he's just big and happy mm-hmm. and kind of silly. Yeah. But goodness, do we love him? Yeah, he, he's he's like an everyman. He's literally someone living his dream, uh, being able to wrestle, being an, a normal human being, but able to get like the super hot girl. Is is the is what every normal bloke wants to be. I will say, despite that, I will say that I was annoyed that they did that storyline with Mandy. I still appreciated it from mm-hmm. like a cute storybook level. <laughs> well, depending on if we get the ending that we we hope to get now, that they've been split, and will he have to lose his his money in the bank to 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 win a back kind of thing? We'll we'll see, but yeah. Um, it's it's been the cutest love story in wrestling for so long. We needed it. We needed something wholesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's go for my second pick. I'm gonna go with um, Alexa Bliss. I think. Uh, so that's fair. Yeah. Um, I I really wanted to to kind of stay away from the four horsewomen because we could have easily just put all four of them on because main roster they've been outstanding <laughs> and I, I i specifically stopped myself from picking them because because they would have just dominated the list uh so i putting on uh one of the female talents i felt that alexa has done the best outside of those four women uh went since coming up to main roster and in nxt she was she was pretty much a a baby face for a lot of the time uh she um she made her in-ring debut almost a year after she'd actually signed. She'd, she'd done like little spots where she came out to congratulate Paige on uh, winning the first women's title. Then she did a little bit of a ring announcing, and I think she was also in Triple H's entrance at Mania 30. Uh, but she, she her in-ring debut came when she entered the, the tournament to crown a, a women's champion after Paige vacated. 
because she got caught up to the main roster and won the, the dearest title, on, I think it was in the first match on the main roster, and she was made to, to basically vacate the title. Uh, obviously, Alexa didn't win, and she didn't win any gold in her time in NXT. Uh, she ended up being more of a, a kind of a valet for the likes of Blake and Murphy, uh, helping them to to defend the NXT titles against Enzo and Cass and the board villains. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is this was good for Alexa because it, it's it was when she first got to show that that heel side of of a. Uh, which is the biggest part of her character now that she's on the main roster. Uh, she eventually got drafted to SmackDown three years after being in NXT and was pushed instantly to the top of the division. She beat Becky in her first main roster match. Um, she would uh, then pick up the towel when she beat Becky at TLC. Uh, she was, the, I think, the second ever women's uh, SmackDown champion. Um, throughout her, her main roster career, she's... She's kind of been an expert at, at bewitching people, getting like other female talent to to befriend her and and kind of protect her. You've seen the likes of Mickey James, uh, Nia Jax, Nikki Cross, and even now the likes of Braun Strowman and the Fiend all kind of being drawn in by this this ability of Alexa to to play the the cowardly friend slash heel before revealing she's the the natural bitch character that she she plays so well. Um, then again, looking at the the titles that she's won, she's another um, triple crown winner. She's won pretty much every women's title that there is to win in WWE. Uh, Money in the Bank winner, two times women's tag champion, two times SmackDown women's champion, and, and three time women's uh, Raw champion. So yeah, we'll go with Alexa Bliss for my second pick. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely understand that. I, uh... <laughs> You don't sound enthused. I'm. I've never been impressed with Alexa Bliss. Are are you? Do you have an opinion on Alexa Bliss too? I. She's a good worker, and she's been integral. (laughs) She's been. (laughs) She's been integral to uh, so many amazing storylines, and I appreciate her as like a. a really good foundational stone for a lot of things in WWE. I just, and it may, it may also just be because I've only seen Alexa Bliss for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, Alexa Bliss is just not someone when I thought about like like great NXT call ups, I just didn't think about her. Yeah, uh, like I said, her, her NXT career was was nothing to write home about. It's the change that that she had once she got onto main roster, how she, she's obviously going to be a very Vince style wrestler, uh, <laughs> almost platinum blonde hair. Um, she, she's decent enough in the ring. She, she can pull off some, some good moves, but it's the, the, the character work that's really stood out for me. I think. I can appreciate the, um, like, er, like when they were doing the intergender team tournament thing. Yeah. Uh, her, her and Braun. Her and Braun were amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give her that credit. She and she and Braun during that entire thing was great, and her support of Nikki Cross um, is also really freaking good. Like I, if like when thinking of like Nick, thinking of Alexa Bliss, I think of her in the aspect of like her and Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Oh. Um, so let's let's go back to you for your third pick. 
See, <laughs> I'm torn because my heart, my heart is saying Nikki Cross, but but the other side of my heart is tell is saying Naomi. Oh, yeah. So I think I'm torn because Nikki. So I have a soft spot for Nikki and Alistair um, because they're the you know, alternative gothic. You know, mm -hmm. they're they're not the standard that WWE picks. Yeah, they're definitely so, not. They're definitely not typecast. That's for sure. No, not at all. And I like to think that like Vince looks at them and is like, ah, these damn kids. Um, but Naomi is amazing. She is. So I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with Naomi because, like, and it's like Naomi has consistently put forth the few times that they use her because they don't use her enough. Mm -hmm. And they actually, she actually went back down to NXT. Was it last year? Because they weren't using her, and she was like, "Hey, can I just go like play at NXT since y'all ain't using me?" And they said, "Yeah, sure, whatever, I don't care." She was at NXT for like for a little bit of last year, mm -hmm. um, and she wants to go back. Like, she she said she wants to go back again. Yeah, and I don't blame her. I don't blame her for wanting to pull a Finn Balor, honestly. But like she, like first of all, let's just let's just go from talk about him. Her gimmick, her gear, her boots, the lights, her makeup, the presentation, just by itself, will translate well for years, for mm -hmm. decades, and it's fun. It's it's. It's, it brings that kind of happiness that, like, if you're older, you remember your party days. If you're younger, you remember your party yesterday. And it's just, her packaging is just so amazing. And not to mention, like, for a Black woman to be out there with natural hair, just having fun and just enjoying herself on a almost entirely white platform where every, almost every female wrestler is white and blonde. It's just, it's amazing to see her thrive as much as she can in the circumstances of which they are setting her up for. Yep. And I, then I, just, and, I totally agree with you. And then her, her wrestling is flawless. It's, it's, it, Mag, it's fucking flawless. Yep. I agree. <laughs> every, me every mess up I've seen her commit has always, has always been because of somebody else. And 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 don't forget the fact that she's kind of everything that Coffee does in a Royal Rumble. She's one up in him. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> it's the funniest thing to watch because I didn't realize it until Omar pointed it out that she'll one up Kofi. Mm -hmm. And it's the funniest thing once you realize it's happening. If y'all anyone listening, if you didn't realize it's happened, just go back. And just watch those two in the Royal Rumble matches and just watch it. It will entertain you so much. It's kind of like what Ricky Ricochet and Casey Catanzaro do. Yeah. Like they one up each other all the time too, or try to. Um, but no, like it's just her wrestling is flawless, her packaging is flawless, and her Twitter game is strong. <laughs> and I think what stands out more for me is how good of a role model she is for someone who, who kind of even when she's like not getting the recognition that she deserves from the company she's still she's still grand she's still like hard working 
She's she's a a brilliant person. Yeah, because like like is that like we had mentioned, like she wasn't being used last year, and she was like, "Can I go? Can I go play with NXT?" And they were like, "Yeah, I don't want to carry you go away." And so she was still working on herself, regardless of the fact that they didn't want to work on her. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that like, and not to like bring up her personal life, but like like she's married to one of the Usos, and he's a hot mess. <laughs> he certainly is. Still- and she still comes out, and she and she brings it out, and she works it. You would have never guessed that her husband was the dumbass that got a DUI. Multiple DUIs. Multiple, <laughs> multiple DUIs. It's like being it's like being married to a Hardy boy. It's just rough. <laughs> it's a great pick. Not again, someone who who I didn't even really think about. Um, but yeah, I, I I adore Naomi. I think she's she's superb, and she's going to be uh, she she should be way more recognised than, than than she is. Um, but for me, I know that um, when she came out, I can't remember when it was that she came out. It, I think it was a it was a Royal Rumble, maybe. She came out with that with that afro, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and she was trending worldwide, not just wrestling Twitter, but like all of the black community saw that clip of her in a in her natural in a afro natural hair and neons enjoying the hell out of herself and the entire world recognized what was on that screen they were like this is a a black woman embracing herself and enjoying her her job and so she like she made a global impact mm-hmm. on people that didn't even watch wrestling and that's noteworthy Absolutely, it's a it's a it's a standout pick. Um, so for my third pick, I'm gonna go with Kevin Owens, uh, someone who I think will appeal to you because of his a, a very indie centric background. He had a, a 14 years before he actually got to uh, WWE. He had great runs in Ring of Honor and, and PWG, uh, but he eventually made his way into the WWE system, uh, debuting at. Take over our evolution, uh, where he beat Juice Robinson, who was known then as CJ Parker. And if you if you remember at that same event, Sami Zayn, his his best friend, his legitimate best friend, uh, won the NXT title, and Owens came out to congratulate him. Uh, but living up to the kind of gimmick that he he entered the company with. Uh, the the fight anyone gimmick uh, where he said even he'd even have to fight his friends if he had to he uh, power bombed his new the new champion into the ring apron uh, they would uh, Sammy and and Kevin would face off at I think it was Takeover Rival where Owens beat Sammy uh, just two months into his uh, NXT career to to win the title and he was definitely a what what you would call a fighting champion. Uh, he had a 143-day reign, and in that time he defended against Sammy, he defended against Finn Balor, Zack Ryder, Neville, uh, and Heath Slater. Uh, he eventually dropped the title at Beast in the East, which was in Tokyo, um, to Finn Balor. Uh, but before he lost that title, uh, he kind of shocked the wrestling world when he uh, he answered John Cena's open challenge for the US title. But instead of uh, having an, a normal match, see, uh, always just a tax scene and uh, caused a lot of controversy when he stomped on the US title. Uh, this led to a match between the two. 
at uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, it was a non-title match, but Owens won clean, and uh, a win over Cena back then was a huge, huge deal, and it was a real statement. Uh, he Owens' first uh, main roster title came when he beat uh, Ryback at Night of Champions in uh, September of 2015, where he won the Intercontinental title. Uh, he ended up losing that to Dean Ambrose before beating him again in February the next year. Uh, to pick it back up. And by the end of August of uh, 2016, so really quickly in, in his his uh, main roster run, he ended up being the, the Universal Champion, the second ever Universal Champion when uh, Finn Balor, we mentioned earlier, he uh, had to vacate due to injury. Uh, he won a fatal four-way match between, I think it was Cass, uh, Roman and Seth uh, to, win that, to win that title. Uh, and then he he had one of the best friendships in recent wrestling memory when uh, him and Chris Jericho buddied up, uh, had the the festival of friendship where he presented Jericho with the list of KO before he uh, attacked him. Uh, this led to Fastlane where he lost the title to Goldberg after Jericho uh, got involved. Um, I think it was only 22 seconds that he that he lost, and he, Owens went into a feud with Jericho for the US title, and and uh, that would go to WrestleMania 33, where he'd get his first reign with that belt. Uh, unfortunately, that was hot shot at uh, quite a lot over the next couple of months. I think he had three separate reigns over three months, where it was 28 days, I think 66 days, and then two days. So he's not been given a, uh, a lot of time with, with WWE goal, but he's certainly been like a, a huge star. And going into like the last couple of years of his of his career that he's had at WWE, he's had big feuds with Kofi in the New Day, uh, obviously the, the Seth Rollins one, which uh, culminated at WrestleMania uh, this year, uh, Braun Strowman, and then obviously that amazing and definitely not, or elongated battle with Shane McMahon. Uh, but yeah, my third pick is uh is Kevin Owens. I can definitely respect that. Kevin Owens, the thing about Kevin Owens is that like he may not have like worn the belt, but his sweat is in that belt. Mm-hmm. He has definitely assisted in elevating everything he's touched. And he has put in the work. He has done a lot of dumb things <laughs> <laughs> for the storyline, like the Listen, his entire thing with Shane McMahon was the dumbest. The dumbest yeah. thing. But he made but it work. Was it not entertaining? <laughs> yeah, he made it work. And then, if you remember, he came back down to NXT for the War Games match, and what a pop yep. he got. I think, I think Kevin Owens is... If Kevin Owens could do nothing for the next three years, and people would still love him. Yeah. He could literally just... He could just do nothing. He could just pull... He could pull an Alexa Bliss and just he could he could co-host with the Miz and not a single soul would be mad. They'd be like, yep, this is Kevin Owens and we are okay with it. I agree. He's a, he's a definite, definite long-term WWE star if if they can utilize him properly. I mean, he, he always seems to me like the kind of person who, if he's getting kind of bored or frustrated, he'll, he'll just disappear. He'll go somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> Screw you guys and going home. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so let's round your Matt Rushmore off. Who would you uh who would make your last pick of the best NXT call-ups? Um I have to, I have to, especially recently with his no, with his recent uh twittering with one of my favorite indie 
female wrestler. Um, Big E Langston. Yes. Oh, God, Big E. My first introduction to Big E wasn't when he's on NXT. My first introduction to Big E was when he was with AJ. Mm-hmm. He, um, it was AJ, and I think it was Ziggler. Yep, he was the muscle. Remember, right? He was the, the yeah. kind of uh, the muscle. Mm. So that was at the end of when I stopped watching wrestling. Um, so right around the time I stopped watching wrestling was right around was right around when Biggie and was with AJ and Ziggler. And then imagine my surprise <laughs> when I start watching wrestling again. And there is Biggie Langston in a very colorful singlet throwing pancakes at people. <laughs> <laughs> I I was so confused. And I had to look it up. So I was like, I know, I know this man. What is this gimmick on my screen? And I had to look it up and I had to make sure it was him. But Big E, like just his growth. Um again, I can't speak of his NSD career. So I, I again I'm not familiar with it. Um but like his from his beginnings as like just like the silent muscle in the beginning of his career in WWE uh, to what he is now as a first of all an amazing technical wrestler, an amazing tag team wrestler, an ama- and an amazing example. Um, he's a positive guy, but he and he his entire thing throughout WWE is, hey, I'm cool, I'm happy, I'm fun. But I can still break your kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it just, it validates funny men that they're allowed to also be strong and funny at the same time. And then his Twitter game is just so good. It's and I think a- that I really hope that they do a good job with his singles run right now. But yeah. now he's in the middle of a singles run. And I, I hope he deserves it. He, was a sidekick for Ziggler. Um, yes, he's not. He's not really a sidekick for New Day. He's obviously his very own, very his own person. But he's always been shadowed by Kofi and Xavier. And I'm really excited to see what he does by himself. I am excited to see how they make it work. I hope that they make it work well. Because I've always been impressed with Biggie. He's incredibly nimble. I don't know how that man moves the way he does. It's impressive. It's like it's like having like a bull jump hurdles. Like I'm just impressed. Yep, it, it's a, another great pick. I absolutely love Biggie. Um, people ke- uh, tend to forget that he was an Intercontinental Champion when he was uh, in his first kind of uh, uh, his first gimmick in in main roster, and then obviously he went with uh, started with the New Day. They were kind of gospel. Uh, activists almost, and and when that went down like a fire in church, they, they transformed into this amazing kind of child friendly gimmick, but with a kind of <laughs> adult was, undercurrent. Um, there was a there was a gospel gimmick that I missed. Oh, honestly, go back and check it out. It absolutely oh. stunk. But good on the good on the guys. It, they could have they could have like let that define their their career and and. But they didn't. They switched it up, and and they became the hardest thing in in terms of merchandise. Certainly, that they they just they could sell snow to Eskimos. They they that talented. They really could, and it's. I think, and I think the, the I think the best part is that like they're child friendly, 
mm-hmm. until they're in a spot where they're not around kids. Because yeah. I don't know if you follow Big E on Twitter. I do. Um, I don't know if you follow... Um, oh, God, what's her name? Now I can't remember it. It is a black female wrestler here in the Carolinas. She ha- she was going to do the um, Grace Pants Battle Royale. Oh, I know you mean... I know you mean it's going to annoy me now. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm looking it up. She's right now a great follower as well. Okay, I found her. I'm just, I'm just so dumb. It's Faye Jackson. Faye just, Jackson, yeah. I'm so tired. I, I know her name. I follow her. I talked to her in person. I, I know who she is. I just forgot. But so she, so she's not child friendly. Anyone who has children listening or is a child, no, avoid. But no, so Faye Jackson, hilarious adult. Adult themed wrestler similar to Effie, and she and Biggie on Twitter because they interact with each other on Twitter. They are the funniest two to watch because, like, I'm sitting here looking at Big E, the colorful pancake growing child friendly wrestler, alluding to piping down Faye Jackson. And I'm just like, oh no, Big E, what are you doing? But it's great. He's he has so many different sides to him and his gimmick, and it's just so nice to watch him be able to utilize all of his sides and be a multifaceted person that he necessarily wasn't allowed to be when he was playing football when he was in college or when he was Ziggler's muscle. Mm-hmm. So it's just nice to see him on online and on in the ring, just being this multifaceted, colorful person. That everyone enjoys, whether you're a child, a teenager, an adult, clean-minded or not. <laughs> it's a it is an outstanding pick and a great way to to round out your Mount Rushmore. Um, again, another one who who I didn't even kind of contemplate. I mean, I remember him being being NXT champion, but yeah, I, I don't know why that went under the radar for me. Um, my fourth pick, I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt. I think. Um, Are you not happy with Bray Wyatt? I can fully respect I apologize for anyone listening for the child in the background playing Um, but I respect what Bray Wyatt has done for WWE and the work he's put in I don't like him as a person so I'll never like him as a wrestler Continue, <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll just go through my spiel. Then um, we'll we'll draw a line under Bray Wyatt after that. Um, so really, um, Bray Wyatt started in NXT whilst it was under its original format. You know, when it was a kind of almost like a game show. Uh, the competitors were were paired with a pro, and they got voted off every week. Uh, and Bray was then known as Husky Harris. He was paired with Cody Rhodes. But once that ended, he, he became part of the, the Nexus stable that kind of promised to, to shake up the wrestling world. But um, Super Cena did what Super Cena does and kind of uh, trashed that gimmick. Um, after that, he returned to uh, to de- developmental uh, at FCW. And then when, when that was rebranded as, as NXT, he, uh, he, he worked there. Uh, and during this kind of transition period, he went through a transition of his own. Uh, into the the cult leader 
Bray Wyatt rather than, than Husky Harris, a, a kind of that backwoods character who who drew inspiration from Waylon Mercer and uh, Max Cady from the, the movie Cape Fear. So Bray would kind of enchant people and add add them to his uh, faction. Uh, guys like Luke Harper and Eric Rowan uh, came in, and he would kind of be the the manager almost, uh, the leader of that group. And he would help them win the NXT titles. Um, on on actual NXT, he didn't do a lot of of wrestling. To be fair, he was more like a a character. Uh, but he 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 would would soon be. Um, be promoted to to the main roster, uh, and he would attack Kane on on his debut. And over the the next month or so, they would attack other random wrestlers, sending messages to Kane, uh, telling him to follow the buzzards. Really leaning into that kind of a Louisiana kind of swamp uh, gimmick that they that we were trying to um, trying to give off. Um, and over the the like the next few years, he would have like. Uh, feuds with with Daniel Bryan, who he had history with with uh, the 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 Nexus and with NXT. Uh, then he would have a feud with uh, Randy Orton, which would uh, lead to him winning the, the the World Heavyweight Title for the for the first time. Uh, Randy uh, then won the Royal Rumble and and promised to not uh, face uh, Bray, but he he did, and they he ended up taking the title off Bray, uh, which led to also a, a um, it was a house of a house of horrors match, where Randy burnt down the the Wyatt compound. So, over the next few years, you would see uh, the Wyatt feud with Jericho, Ambrose, Roman, uh, Taker. They added Braun Strowman to the group uh, for a little while until uh, until uh, Braun was drafted to Raw, and uh, Harper and Bray were were drafted to SmackDown. Again, they, they would... Uh, Bray would uh, and eventually come into um, the character The Eater of Worlds, where he feuded with Seth and Matt Hardy. Uh, Matt, who he eventually would team with to, uh, to, to win Tag Team Gold. Uh, and then he disappeared from our screen for a little while and, and then returned as uh, two separate characters, one who was like a... a a, a friendly, almost kind of children's TV presenter style, and then an evil masked fiend character. Uh, and he brought with him several puppets that that represented both his kind of character work over the years and also uh, several people in the wrestling business who, who had an effect on that character. <laughs> um, so he would have feuds with Finn Balor, uh, quite a few different WWE legends who he would attack. Uh, and he really like kicked him with this uh, fiend character when he had a feud with Seth Rollins, uh, where he would eventually win the Universal title. Uh, then he'd have the the feud with Daniel Bryan. Uh, he'd eventually lost that that title to Goldberg again. Second time Goldberg's appeared in this list, uh, and both times he's uh, he's taken a title off a, a current wrestler. Uh, he then had that um, that cinematic uh, feud with John Cena, uh, where they had. And I don't even really want to call it a match. It was almost like a, a movie of Cena and um, and Bray's uh, like kind of intertwined careers of wrestling. Uh, then following WrestleMania this year, we've, we've seen uh, Bray and and the Fiend revisit um, 
revisit Brown Strowman, another former member of, of, of the, the Wyatt family, uh, which led to a second title reign for The Fiend. And, uh, but that was another short run because he, he eventually lost that title to Roman Reigns when Roman Reigns beat both The Fiend and Braun in a no holds bar match. Uh, currently now, I mean, we're recording this in the middle of September, but the, the storyline going forward is that it's going to be Roman versus The Fiend. So uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to see where where The Fiend goes after this uh, this battle with, with WWE's biggest star. Uh, but yeah, my last pick is Bray Wyatt. Yeah, Bray's gimmick, while original, and I'll admit, the Vince McMahon puppet is hilarious. <laughs> um, there is a shelf life. This gimmick can't go on forever. Um, and so I'm curious as to what they're going to do with Bray Wyatt long term. Because yeah. the gimmick right now is is interesting. And the um, the Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor match was incredibly interesting. Um, and I appreciate the cinematic. Um, oh, sorry, he just popped himself in the face. Um, the the walk through time with John Cena, I'll admit, was entertaining. But I I can't help but wonder how much longer can they do with Bray Wyatt what they're doing. Because I just feel like there's a shelf life to what he, to his current gimmick, and I wonder how much longer can we play with Bray Wyatt and his gimmick until it becomes stale. Yeah, I wonder I, about that. I understand that. Uh, I think the the good thing is that Bray has so much freedom over it. You can tell that that he doesn't have to run a lot of that bar Vince. Uh, Vince has given him the kind of like the impetus to go on and, and be the character that he wants to be. So he seems like he's got a very, very like diverse, intelligent wrestling man. So I'm sure he's got like plans for how he's going to kind of like diversify this character. But yeah, I can understand what you mean. There can be only so many times that, 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 a character like the fiend is attacking uh, another wrestler, and there can only be so many like different reasons why he would attack that person. Yeah, your puppets are only so spooky for so long. Yeah, yeah. I think we've both come up with very different and very interesting Mount Rushmore's, though. Yeah, yeah. I feel like because you have such a long history with wrestling <laughs> and mine is still so infantile compared to anybody you ever have on your shows <laughs> um that mine that. is always it's not it's, i mean it's not an insult it's it's the truth i've only been watching wrestling now regularly for the last what three years maybe and even then i'm only watching more wwe now because my independent boys are safe at home mm-hmm. um so it's always interesting to see you with like a long history in wrestling being able to pull out like Alexa Bliss, who I've only ever known as WWE, versus me, who I like all my like in, like reflexive NXT call-ups are like Finn Balor, Alistair Black, Nikki Cross, like people who have been pulled up in the last like two or three years. That yeah, you but, necessarily uh... wouldn't think of because you have that longer history. Yeah, but it, it that to me is is the whole point of of this show. It's the fact that no answer is wrong. 
it's yeah. whatever appeals to you, and and those are the the NXT call ups that that made an impact on you. It doesn't doesn't make your picks any um, any worse than mine. It's just a different point of view, and and I think you bring a, a really interesting point of view, especially with your knowledge of of independent wrestling and and how you can apply that to to what is essentially uh, WWE's take on independent wrestling with NXT. Uh, so yeah, don't put yourself down. You're a, a, a very valued guest on this show. Oh, thank you. I wasn't putting myself down. I just, I just, I just think it's interesting because, especially since you and I have different um, anthropologic backgrounds too. Like you, <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, Mags is an older gentleman, and I am a younger woman. So I obviously am impacted more. I don't say more, but like I'm impacted differently from like female wrestlers and like representation because I have biracial children then necessarily like I don't want to like downplay you Matt but like I like I'm not doing that I want to be clear but like I hyper focus a lot on like racial representation in wrestling mm-hmm. and because that's something that's important to me so it affects how I view wrestlers and WWE so I also and, have that difference as well and I wouldn't have it any other way that's you you have have taught me so much about the independent scene, I mean, about wrestlers who I would not normally have ever come across because I'm thousands of miles away across across a, a giant ocean. Uh, so um, your your input has been invaluable to me, kind of spreading my wrestling wings. And you and you have made me appreciate Pete Dunn a little bit more. <laughs> no, well, if that is the if that's my epitaph, I'm happy with that. <laughs> No, you know better. You also given me a lot of good, like you, you give me a, a really good like wrestling history whenever we talk. Because you always bring up stuff from like nineteen like ninety two, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> or like the New Day gospel gimmick that I would have never looked up. Yeah, definitely, definitely go and look it up. It's it's interesting. I think it was only around for also, maybe a month. I, I think I hope you'll be proud. I made tea, good English breakfast tea. Oh, no wrong with a good cup of tea. I'm a coffee man normally, but I do like a good cup of tea. Um, this has been amazing fun, Miss Lisa. We don't talk enough nowadays, and, it's, and it makes me sad. Um, well, that's because you have 12 podcasts. I don't. And listen, I've discussed this ad nauseum. <laughs> I've discussed this ad nauseum recently. I, I don't have so many podcasts. I have three podcasts. Why do I see your name on so many podcasts, Mags? Because people keep saying to me, will you show up? And I go, yes, of course I will, because I'm just daft. <laughs> oh, you're not. Stop it. Well, Melissa, let the people who listen to this show know where they can find you, promote whatever it is that you want to promote. Um, yeah, just let us know where they can follow you on, on social media. So um, my Twitter is bitch underscore witch. That is where you'll find me. And that is where you'll, you'll find any links that I want to promote that I will not be promoting on my podcast. <laughs> this is not a child friend. Well, children probably do listen to it, but it's not, it's not aimed at children. So if you want to promote anything, absolutely feel free. Well, so I, I do have an OnlyFans. Um, it is linked in my bio, but my OnlyFans is the Wrestle Witch. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, there's an option for you to pay to choose which wrestler's merch I wear in contact. So that's an option for you wrestling fans. Go and check Melissa out. Uh, go and, um, go and follow her. She definitely does not have enough followers. It's it's scandalous, the, the small amount of followers that she's got. How, you know, how... I just recently got past 666. Wow, I bet you was devastated. I was. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how I've built up a, a following. I'm an idiot from the from the north of England, and Melissa is way more intelligent, way more interesting than me. So definitely go and give Melissa a follow. Um, follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Follow Tolle when he decides to turn back up at Rain Counter. Follow the show at Badlands Pod. Um, thank you all for listening. And remember, if you're formulating a Mount Rushmore, you always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.